Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, holy cow, Shiloh gets a beatdown, Sasha gets ill, and Dr. Cabot, if you want to be a mad scientist, you got to have better graphics on all your cool media than 2002. GH Report starts right now! You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey everybody, it is the GH Report. Breaking down all the latest goofiness happening, poor Charles. Dr. Cabot's got a really bad <laughs> medical process. Oh, God, I cannot. Hi, <laughs> right, everybody. Welcome to the GH Report, breaking down all the latest shenanigans happening in Port Charles. I am Frank Moran. And I'm Carla Renata. Uh, excuse me. Please, the award-winning... <laughs> Carla Renata. Yes, I won a little award. I won a little award. I was named so Fabulous TV or Fab TV had an award ceremony, an inaugural award ceremony to honor hosts because nobody ever really honors us. They honor the shows, they honor the networks, but they don't really talk about us in the digital space that are hosting. So Fab TV, um, who's run, which is run by Fernando Escobar, decided to create an awards for us, and they named me. Best online host. Look at that. Best online TV host. I also won for worst host <laughs> ever. It's a Lifetime Achievement Award. So, uh, whatever. I, look at that. Uh, so, folks, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, you know, if you're there, you may as well hop in the chat because it is up and running and all these fine people are in it right now. Yes, yeah, so let's do roll call. You know how I roll, y'all. So Joe Costanzo, Kelly Public Cover, ooh, Kelly Public Cover, Cover, Color, whatever. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Jacks, Lisa Wagner, Josh Goldenberg. Uh, let me see. Kelly Public Cover, Dolores Leach, Coco Candy One, Michael B. Michael B. is my boy. He's so loyal. Um, I think that's Dulamon. Hey, Dulamon. We ain't seen you in a while. And D.T. Durr, Loretta, Annie Gowen, Amber's Baby, 100, Brandy Joy, 1, and Rena Sheen, and Marlon Wallace, and Johnny Hayden. Hey, y'all. Hey. Wow. Look at that. And hopefully more to come. Yeah. Always. When the, when the word <laughs> is out that the GH report is coming People run to their computers to get involved. <laughs> That's right. So, folks, we'll be breaking out all the latest uh, shenanigans. We'll do a little news and gossip to round out the show at the end. But before we break everything down in detail, Carla, what did you think of this past week? I'm going to tell you what I thought. Ooh, I was living my best life when Shiloh got his ass whooped. Oops, sorry. Whoa, got, baby. Got his behind whooped. Jason tore that butt up. But I'm like, doesn't he get tired? Don't he just get tired of having his face slammed into a floor? Because I'm tired for him. I'm exhausted. It, uh, <laughs> two things about that. One, 
I mean, I guess they needed to have the rest of the week happen the way it did. But it was so silly for me that Jason gives them that beatdown, which you're like, great. Because Shiloh once again comes up with some like half-baked plan. Mm-hmm. And Jason's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to do what you want. I'm just going to mm-hmm. beat you up and, and walk away. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't tie Shiloh up. He doesn't call anybody saying, hey, Shiloh's here. He just leaves Shiloh beaten up and unconscious in the hotel. Now, that was weird. But That was weird when he just kind of left him on the floor and kind of stepped over <laughs> and he stepped over, stepped over him to get out of the room. I was like, you ain't going to tie him up and make sure he can't get to y'all? Like, what yeah. the hell? That was weird. That was weird. The part I did like is that when Shiloh finally does regain consciousness and realize, like, oh, Jason's, you know, he's he's left. Which I did like, though, that he first walks in and checks out the bathroom. Like, hey, maybe Jason's just in the bathroom. <laughs> and he walks out, realizes Jason's out there, that he's left. And he's like, ah! So he goes into the drawer and he gets that gun. And the way that he shambles out of that hotel room is he's sticking that gun in his butt. Oh, man. Great sticking stuff. Sticking that gun in his butt. Sticking that gun in his butt. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I got to admit, my hot take, I, not a huge, I always get tired of, like, anytime Sam is in distress. I'm getting tired of it because now, first of all, the Sam McCall that I know wouldn't have been able to be caught to the point where her hands and feet are tied up and thrown in the fridge. Not the Sam McCall I know. So I don't know who this Sam McCall is. I'm just like, really? And then when she was in there and she was trying, it was like, help. Like, I understand you don't have no air, but you can still kick. Like, you can still do that dolphin kick. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She can still do that dolphin kick. There was enough room for her to do that. She's little, so her knee, it's not like her knees were going to hit the edge or hit hit the side of the fridge when she did it. I just, I'm with you on that one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted by that. It's, uh, you know, I feel like those are moments that I just want to fast forward by. Yeah. Uh, because when I see somebody just, you know, tra- trapped or uh, confined to a space, and we just got to see, like, the camera pushing in. Is there in there? Are they still alive? I don't know. They're, well, the, like, my favorite part, that's a good point, because my favorite part was the camera kept pushing in. Like, you would hear Lucy talking as she's showing the DOD house. You'd hear her talking about, oh, yeah, I have somebody coming to pick that up. Don't worry about that mess over there. And then you, they, you would slowly hear her voice fade into the background, and then they would show Sam in the fridge. I'm like, ugh. So rough, and then moment, and then the moment where Jason's out there. Sam, help me find you. It's <laughs> like, really, Jason? Really? What I love though about that, and it was pointed out to me, is that when Jason does realize, like, oh, she's got to be in the in this freezer, mm-hmm. uh, that he clears out every little bit that is in front of that. It's not just like I'm just going to tear. You know, it's like every little bit instead of around it needed to be cleared out of the way, mm-hmm. so I could you could pop that top. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting because Lucy's showing around uh, Julian, so she she, uh, she shows Sasha the house. Sasha. Uh, and says, because originally Michael buys it from, uh, takes it out so Shiloh can't have it anymore. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he wants to turn it into a house to help um, women that have been in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. and things like that. But then Lucy says, you know what, uh, he can't do that because it's not zoned for that. Right. But I'm also thinking, like, but Shiloh was right. running this DOD. Exactly. So that I, that was a slip up on the writer's part. Yeah, like, because it had to be zoned for something for him to be doing the DOD stuff or they would have shut it down a long time ago. Yeah. So so there's that. But we'll see who ends up buying that house. It's not going to be I Sasha. Can't, I can't wait. To, well, no, it's definitely not going to be Sasha. No. Sasha in the hospital. Uh, so we see the rest of the Shiloh storyline playing out where... And now the hunt's on for Shiloh. Mm-hmm. And we finally get to see Drew getting proactive in the storyline. Him and Curtis teaming up, which was nice. Always good to see them doing it. Although, nitpicky, though, when mm-hmm. they uh, the scene where they go to clear the hotel room of Shiloh's, mm-hmm. 
where uh, where where Drew just walks right in front of Curtis, who's supposed to be covering him. I'm like, not a good job. The guy's supposed to have your six, and you're walking right in front of that gun. <laughs> not good, Drew. Come on, you're a Navy like, SEAL. Well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> He's supposed to be a little bit more aware than that. So I was like, ooh, okay. Y'all are killing me. Uh, but they eventually track it down. Uh, Shiloh's great thing with, with Dr. Cabot, where we get to see Cameron yes. abducted. And I'm just like, that's when you know Shiloh has lost his mind. Because, really? So you're that desperate to get these memories back that you would do them by any means necessary? And even Dr. Cabot is like, look, I agreed to help you, but I didn't agree agree to help you implode them into a child. Like, who's... like? That's like, what if he dies? This formula is not formulated to inject into a child. It's for It was specifically for twins and specifically for adult twins, which were, you know, I said, oh, this is getting messy real quick. It's, it was just, the whole thing was just messy. You know, it is, I mean, again, Shiloh has just been, he's just been a loser this whole time that he's been on the show. Well, it's about time. It's a, well, no, not, he hasn't been a loser the whole time. He actually was kind he was kind of, he was kind of a little not stellar, but he was a he he was a little more fortuitous. You know, he had a little more groundness going on, grounded uh, action going on early on because it seemed like no matter what anybody said, no matter what anybody did, he could hold it down. Right. And you never saw him break. You never saw him crack. There was nothing in the facade that got to him. Nothing in his facade that people would look at him and go, "Oh, he's he." We got him now. You never ever saw that. But in the, the last couple of weeks, he's been looking like a straight up punk. <laughs> I'm but just saying. It's like, and we've talked about this before. But any name me one thing that one plan that Shiloh has hatched mm-hmm. that has actually worked out in Shiloh's favor. Say that. Name one. Nothing. Nothing. Like anything that Shiloh's <laughs> tried to do. He, it's ended up blowing up. Like he hasn't been able to win anything because he's not the brightest crayon in the box. He Oof. thinks he is. He thinks he thinks he's that beige crayon that's never in the crayon box, but he's kind of not. No, not great. <laughs> so we finally get Cameron there. They're gonna Dr. Cabot is reluctantly going to put Drew's memories into the Cameron when Franco shows up. Yes, and let me tell you, that scene between Franco and Cameron, that actually made me cry a little bit. Because if if you think about the contentious relationship that the two of them have had, Cameron has been so, "Ah, Franco, ah," Franco, marching around, stomping around, like he hates Franco. And then when it comes down to it, and Franco puts his life literally on the line for Cameron, in that moment when Cameron realizes that, you see him go, oh, my God, I was, you can see on his face, because none of this that I'm saying was written, but you can see on Cameron's face, oh, my God, I was wrong about this dude all this time, and how is this going to affect my mom? Like, he's doing this to save me, but what's going to happen with my mom when he can't remember my mom? Like, that, it was just beautiful, the way that he, he, the way that Franco told him that he loved him and that he was proud of him and, and all these things that, Cameron probably doesn't hear very often, which is why he pops off and acts crazy the way that he that he was because he was a lot worse when he came back on as a as a, sure. a teen Cameron. But that was a really nice scene between the two of them. It was nice to be able to see them have that moment, you know, yeah, well, like I, a moment of reckoning, so to speak. No, I did I did enjoy that. Mm-hmm. What I what I thought was <laughs> kind of lame, and this sometimes happens on GH. It's just like some of the pacing of those sequences. A lot of time spent with Franco walking in. What do you? What did you do? What did you do to Cameron? What's going on? Like, oh my god! There was gosh. a lot of that this week. It's like, how many times can he say that before you get an answer? Yes, 
And Shiloh's got a gun. So I just, was going to say, why is, Shiloh, why is Shiloh standing there with a gun and he not using it? Like, he could have popped off and, and shot a bunch of people by now. He ain't shooting, but he's not going to shoot nobody. Who he going who he gonna to shoot? He probably shoot himself trying to, trying to fire the gun. Because you know what? That, that he's bet, a mess. I bet you forgot to put bullets in that gun because he's so dumb. <laughs> and there would have been no bullets in there. And they'd be like, he, oh, he is a hot buttered mess. I'm like, what is happening right now? I don't even know. What I did like, though, is that when uh, Dr. Cabot gives Cameron that injection. Mm. to start the process mm. Cameron's just like okay fine and he gets the injection and he passes out mm-hmm. then Franco swaps places with him and he gets the injection and Franco's like ah, oh, ah, oh. I know he was giving you he was giving he was giving you Dr. Frankenstein <laughs> yes. strapped down in the chair I'm like what is going on I can't that was funny I, I didn't notice that until you brought that up yeah Cameron just passed out and then he was like Oh. <laughs> it was like that. It was like he was being injected by the same serum that they give the Incredible Hulk or something. Yes. It was crazy. I'm like, what is going on? I don't understand. So they start the memory transfer process. Finally, we get this flash drive. We get to see this whole memory transfer thing that we talked about ever since Andre was on there. <laughs> and a twins on there. We finally get to see it in process. This mm-hmm. flash drive finally in action. And uh, Drew and Curtis they break in mm-hmm. uh, and they they're ready to stop everything. They they uh, subdue Shiloh. They see Dr. Cabot say, stop this right now. What I love, Dr. Cabot, we get to see the monitor. <laughs> Dr. Cabot is a punk, too. <laughs> we get is. to see the monitor with these these great 2002 state-of-the-art graphics <laughs> of, uh, of the fla- like an image of the flash drive kind of moving over. Uh, memory transfer. And we see clearly there is a start button and there is a pause button. Mm-hmm. Clearly see that on the display. Mm-hmm. So when Drew says, you got to stop this process now, Dr. Cabot says, once it's begun, there is no way to stop it. Why is there a pause button? <laughs> Why is there a pause button then? I don't understand. Why would you put that in there if it doesn't even do anything? Ooh, bad move yeah. on the graphics department. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing we can do once it started. Hit, hit the pause button because it's there. So that doesn't work. Oh, that's so dumb. Oh my god, that is pure comedy. That was funny. That was funny, Frank. So we see the memory transfer complete. Uh, by the end of the week, though, Franco still passed out. So we have no idea when he wakes up. Is he going to have Drew's memories? Is it going to be some kind of hybrid? Did the process work because he's not really a twin? Right. We have no idea. They're saying in the chat room, Jerry Jackson in particular, this made me laugh. He said, I was waiting to hear you got mail when the drive uploaded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. I cannot. And then Kelly Public Cover was like, Roger Howarth hamming it up as usual. Yeah, yeah. he, yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he finally gets to we uh, get to hear what he thought about the psychics when they say you got to take that drive now. You're not gonna like it, but you got to take that drive. I know because when she kept saying that, I was like, "What does she mean? What does she mean by that?" And then he figured out what she meant by that, and I'm like, "Oh, that sucks." I it'll be interesting to see what happens with him after this, though. It's gonna be really interesting. You know what my favorite scene of the whole week though was? My favorite scene was the one between Liesel and Brad. Mm, that's true. Where they kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no secrets there between. Oh, between no. Where Lisa, where they, where he straight up fessed up that he was the one that pushed her. And she was like, how could you do that? He's like, that's a, that's not any different than you pushing me over the edge. She says, you didn't even get hurt. <laughs> like, like that's supposed to justify <laughs> yeah. the fact that she pushed him. She didn't even get hurt. He's like, you didn't know I wasn't going to get hurt when you pushed me. She's like, okay, well, yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> Uh, I love them together. And she called him. She said, you're not no longer the sniveling lab tech that I met. And he was like, thank you. 
love them. But what I really loved is that Carly was lurking around the corner, and you don't know how much of that she heard. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the only th- reason that scene kind of exists is that for Carly to come in and, and over here and hear something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because we, we get the results of who pushed Liesl over the side of the boat, which a mystery <laughs> that I did not care about. And the reveal of it, I'm like, mm, great. You're like, okay. Sure. All right. Fine. Hmm. How uh, do we feel about um, how do we feel about Kim and leaving Port Charles? All right, uh, do we, we care? I mean, there hasn't been anything about Tamara Brown leaving the show, mm-hmm. so I feel like this is just like, hey, I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to be leaving. A lot of build up to that to to it not actually happening. I think. You think? I mean, storyline wise, the only thing that's going to be interesting is if Franco wakes up with Drew's memories and is somebody that recognizes Kim. And is oh. in lo- and would be in love with Kim. Ooh, that's gonna be messy. So, which would be interesting to see how that would play out. So, I don't. Th- you'd want to keep her in town because you want to see that reaction. That actually could be good, but it'll be messy because you know Elizabeth ain't gonna stand for that. Well, and I still think it'd be weird for Kim for as much as meeting somebody that remembers her and has all Drew's memories, but is clearly one of her close friends. In Port Charles, husband. Mm-hmm. I still think you're like, whoops. Yeah, that's, okay. that's going to be messy. And then the other thing that was kind of messy was, you know, you see her, you see her and Carly having this. That was a nice scene between her and Carly in the park. Your favorite location. Oh, <laughs> baby, that park showed up quite a few times this week. <laughs> But you see, like, the little trash dump area where Shiloh takes Cameron. Ugh. Yeah, and then Cameron's doing his community. It was a whole bunch of stuff happening in the park. But they had, uh, Carly and Kim had that nice moment where they, you know, were talking about the grief of a son. And these, and unfortunately, there aren't that many characters on the show that could actually have that conversation. So that was really cool that they put the two of them together to have that conversation. And we got to see we're, we're seeing more often than not these days a more humanistic side, a more compassionate side of Carly, you know, as opposed to her being all the time. She's a little more humanistic, a little more compassionate, mm-hmm. a little more chilled out. So that's kind of nice to see those moments. It was nice to see her have that moment with Kim. But having said that, the moment that got me was, you know, she's saying goodbye. To, she, and Carly's like, oh, you know, maybe you should get a change of scenery. And she's like, mm, maybe I should. So she says goodbye to Drew. She's basically say goodbye to Carly and then here comes Julian and this is after Julian has gone through that house talking about how you know he might ask Kim to move in with him and they might have a kid of their own clearly this is a one-sided relationship clearly he has more feelings for her than she has for him and then she has that big reveal not big reveal but she you know breaks down and she's like you know are you in a relationship because you feel sorry for me you know because everywhere I look I see ghosts and then I see you and I'm like you know are you just are you just there because I need you to be a crutch for me? Like, what's the situation? And then he says, you know, are you really running away? And she explains more and more about how, you know, it's just too hard with Oscar being gone. You know, she brought Oscar there for his family, yada, yada. And then he says, but are you really running away from the memories of Oscar? Are you running away from me, too? And it was nice to see Julian be a little bit more compassionate and a little more insecure because usually he's another one that's, like, you know, posturing all the time, and you never really see him be vulnerable, so it was nice to see him be vulnerable for once and to see his feelings get hurt because usually when it comes to women on that show, he kind of love them and leave them. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, it's kind of a bummer today, as you say, go house house shopping and then come into the hospital to pay her a visit and we're like, oh, she's talking about leaving town. <laughs> Whoops. Let me call that realtor real quick. That was messed up. And what, what else was messed up was um, 
I'm kind of tired of them dragging out this whole Alexis and Neil thing. Like, let's just get on with it already. You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, I give my boy uh, Joe Flanagan some, some, some hot, steamy love scenes. There. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to see them having love scenes. So. I mean, we get to see them finally kind of uh, acknowledge the attraction between them. Uh, but I feel like where, where Neil's like, yeah, well, we can acknowledge it. And then say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, but but Lexus is like, mm, yeah. So we've crossed the point of no return. So that's not happening. I love that she was the one that said that. I I would have thought that his character was going to say that, but when she said, it, I was like, oh, okay. But I also think it's got to be easier for uh, in a doctor patient relationship where it may start to develop feelings. I think it's easier for a patient to make that leap than it is for the doctor to make that leap. Make the leap in which direction? In, into a relationship. Because um, I feel like for the doctor, it's all these, you know, you, you have a medical, you're a medical professional. You're not supposed to have this. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, uh, you're not su- you're not supposed to, and it's, it's ethically wrong to yeah. do it. Like, you, the doctor has more to lose from it than the patient does, because eth- ethically, they could lose their license. Like, what if the patient decides that they're pissed off at you because you didn't, you know, reciprocate their feelings or whatever? They could make you lose your life. Like, it's a whole, for the doctor, there's so many things that could go wrong in, in the wrong direction for them than the patient. The patient can just find another doctor, but the doctor, you know, can't go back through medical school again and can't acknowledge that they were ever in medical school if their license is stripped, you know? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so it's uh, and I'd be like, well, yeah, I, I don't need a recommendation. I can, <laughs> I can find one. Uh, but yeah, but to go through multiple doctors and realize like, oh yeah. Uh, but I, I'd be interested. Let's just let's start it going. Let's get this relationship uh, moving. Because what I do like, and I hope it's leading to Nicholas, Mm. is that we get to see uh, with Christina, not Christina, um, uh, Molly, mm. uh, make a pitch to Peter August, say, hey, I'd love to write for you. I'm kind of thinking about this. And he suggests the cast that I'm storyline. Mm. Like, give me a deep dive into this family, which would be great if, you know, it gets uh, Alexis some storyline that ties into this cast that I'm person with a ring that got Cassandra out. Right. How are we feeling about um, Peter having that discussion with Maxie about him supposedly crossing a line with Lulu. Do uh, we care about that conversation at all? No, you know, for me, I don't. I, mean, I don't know if he. I mean, if you are, if you're friends, and it seems like they they become friends at this point. I mean, certainly it, it is a little different where you're uh, an employer employee relationship, mm-hmm. but you're also friends as well. Mm-hmm. That I feel like there's going to be that blurring of the lines where you feel like you may have overstepped your bounds. You know, how do you compare that to? Yeah, in those two different areas. I, I didn't think it was bad. I mean, I think somebody needed to say it. But I was like, it was like two weeks later after the fact. So I was kind of like, do I really care that y'all are having this conversation about this right no. now? No. And there was something else that I was like, this other conversation that happened, do we care about the conversation between TJ and Molly? Where Molly's trying to figure out, you know, what she's going to do, and TJ's like, whatever. <laughs> You know, I only care about it in the extent where if it does give Molly a storyline, because it's been a while since she's had any sort of storyline. She's been she, a supporting character. I know, forever. Yeah. Forever. So if this gives her, because uh, I, I feel like this is one of those scenes where you de- deliberately feel like we are taking this character, shifting them, and giving them a storyline that could be a front burner for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if that's the, if pursuing this Cassadine storyline mm-hmm. gives her a chance to actually have a story of her own, I'm I'm down to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. All right. You know, I mean, like her and TJ. I mean, TJ's had a little bit to do with uh, his mom being in the hospital and stuff. Yeah. Molly just. Yeah. Which is surprising that she wasn't around for that. Like that's his mom, and they're dating. So why do we never see? (laughs) We never saw her doing any of that. You know, I'm like that was just weird. Like she didn't need to be like you know, heavy all into it. But if that's supposed to be his girl and his mom is in the hospital and they talk about his mom is dying, we needed, like, we saw Joss all the time. And, you know, Oscar was dying. There wasn't a scene, there wasn't a day ever that Oscar was on screen that you didn't see Joss. No, very true. So how can we not see a Molly with TJ? That's all I'm saying. You know, I, I do have that feeling anytime that I hear about, like, Molly, and TJ. And we do see them around like Jordan. And Jordan speaks so fondly of Molly. Mm-hmm. It's weird to have characters talk about like that for things that we have never seen. It's like yeah. all their interactions happen, uh, happen off camera. <laughs> and they only name check. And we're like, oh, yeah, you guys are really close. We've never seen you guys hang out yeah, on camera. But It's just a sure. little weird. It's like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. And, and how do we feel about Sasha actually going to the hospital? And them saying, oh, she has a virus, but we don't know what it is. So in the meantime, we need y'all to wear these masks. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I, I'm waiting to see how quickly the pieces click in. Because you felt like Michael was going to start describing what this woman looked like. And then suddenly he gets a phone call. Mm-hmm. And that kind of puts a you know, puts kibosh a on it. That. Yeah. Yeah. So at some point, whether it's Cassandra's going to, like, she can't just have Sasha be sick without Nina knowing. Mm-hmm. So she's going to at least tip a hand like, nah, it was me that did it. Suck it. <laughs> um <laughs> Or not suck it. Yeah. Or because I, I don't think I don't know if Finn is going to put that connection together hmm. just by even like researching what this illness is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to really make him think of Cassandra. I think he's a smart cookie. I think he'll figure it out. But it, who lo- who knows how long it's going to take for him to figure it out? That's you, the thing. Do you think Sasha dies? I would. I don't want her to die. Like, I kind of like her and Michael together. They seem really cool together. I kind of like that whole little... And I, and But I'm feeling like they're setting it up for her to die because even Sonny likes her. So, you know, it's like if Sonny likes her and Sonny trying to sit down and, like... Because he, he, even Michael was like, how did he go from hi, you, you want to come to dinner and now cook? I was like, yeah, that was a lot, even for Sonny. <laughs> I'm just saying. That was a lot. And I was just like, oh. Okay, well, I don't know. But I don't don't want her to die. The young lady that's playing her, I really like her. I like the way she's embodied that character and what she's done with it. Because that could have been a very one-note situation. And she's made it into something very interesting and and full-figured, so to speak. Because I think it's so much more different than Nell. Nell comes on and... You knew that something was off about Nell, mm-hmm. but she was still nice enough to everybody. Mm-hmm. And then when things started kind of revealing, you're like, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. hate you because there's really nothing redeeming about you. Yeah, but I was always saying that Nell was like Rebecca de Mornay from The Hand to Rock the Cradle. Yeah. That's what she looks like to me with that long, straight, you know, look at look like she had her iron her um, hair on the iron board hair. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> That's what it looks like. And I was just like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> but with Sasha, I feel like the only really shady thing other than the pretense of her being Nina's daughter, but setting that aside, the only time we see her kind of really acting a little shady 
was with Griffin at the very beginning mm. when Ava kind of steered her the mm. wrong way. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, all right, maybe I'll make a move on But that you. was it. That like was they, it. They, didn't, they never sent her in that direction ever again because I think at that point the, the writers and the, and the producers must have realized, oh, we, we have an ace in the hole with her. Let's see what happens if we hook her up with Michael. Let's see what happens if she gets hooked up with the Corinthos. And that was the jackpot right there. I like it. And if... I really don't want her to see her die because it's, Me again, either. another example of Michael being in a relationship. This is what they're saying. They're you saying know? in the chat room, they're saying, if Sasha dies for future women's safety, Michael needs to stay as far away from women <laughs> as possible. Yeah. And then somebody else says, C.M. Smith said, I wonder if Sasha getting bumped off slowly. The grim reeker from Michael Michael's girl is coming, like Frank said. That's right. The other no, no. Yeah. I don't want the grim reaper to come for Sasha. He just, you know, he is, is, uh, is, is old school 2002 Bay Pager went off and he's like, oh, I needed a poor Charles. Let me get my hood up. Pick up my scythe. It's time to start trucking. Gonna be heading down to PC. Let's do it. I cannot. Oh my goodness. We but got you know almost 60 coming? people in the chat room. Look at that. And you know what? You know who's not coming for us? Who? Oh, the Green Beaver's not coming for us. Well, and they're coming for any of our fans. He's not coming for any of our fans because you know what? Yeah, the Green River knows that our fans are the best. They give us life. They give themselves life by joining us every single Sunday here, watching the GH Report, <laughs> as well as the other fantastic shows that are happening here at AfterBuzz. Carla is building. She's an award winner. She's building her media empire. <laughs> to me, I've got nothing else going on. But, uh, you know, that's beside the point. But, folks, there's so many other great shows that we do here at AfterBuzz. And so we really appreciate you taking the time to watch all of those and getting involved. So whether it's... Uh, commenting on a, on a YouTube video, giving it a like, hopping on iTunes, giving it a five-star rating, and leaving a comment. No matter how you're getting involved, we love the fact that you're taking the time to get involved. So thank you for watching. Continue to enjoy the show and so helping us become the ESPN yes, team to talk. That's right. Oh, my God. Um... Yeah, I somebody said in the chat room, they were like, if they were going to kill off a girlfriend of Michael's, why couldn't it be Nail, Right. Yeah, I mean, something's going to be... I mean, Nell, I am waiting to see what activates Nell. Because I feel like... It's already been activated. Sasha activated Nell. But we've got Harmony. We've got Ryan. We've got Nell. I am just waiting to see... Yeah, between Harmony, Ryan, and Nell, it's it's some very dastardly is about to go down. Yeah. For sure. For sure, for sure. It'll it'll depend on when John Lindstrom comes back from vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Let's Uh, call a spade a spade. Yes. You know, we kind of look at our boy Scotty Baldwin. You know, he is, it's so, I mean, he pines away for Ava. And I, I don't know why. I really don't. I, you know, and she's just so caught up now with his psychic. He always, like, he always goes for the bad girls. Like, remember when there was a moment where he was all about Lucy? Yes. Oh, yeah. Remember? He was all about Lucy, and Lucy was all about Kevin, so that was going absolutely nowhere. He always pines. He either pines for somebody that's a bad girl, or he pines for somebody that's unattainable, like back in the day, day, day. Well, he was pining away for Bobby just recently. Yep, and then, but but even further back than that, like back in the day, 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 when he was all about Laura, and Laura was not checking for him. She wanted Luke. She wanted Luke, and he was like, he was always plotting the same way he was trying to plot with, um, uh, who was that? that Heather were, Weber? No, no, no. Who was that they were trying recently? Who, who him and um, Ava were trying to to set him up in the room? Who was that? I can't remember now. Oh, um, you know who I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah. 
that was uh, who was that y'all y'all remember in the chat room during the award show yeah trying to set that up with uh, who was that it wasn't Kiki Oh, no, no, Kiki no, was done. Yeah, she was already done by that point. Okay, anyway. oh, they're trying to set up Kevin and, and Lucy. Yes, Kevin and Lucy, and then and that didn't happen. So it's you know, yeah, Ava and and Scotty were trying to set up Kevin and Lucy. That's what it was. Or Brian. Or Ryan. But but he. But I say all that to say that you know Scotty just doesn't have the best choice. He doesn't have the best choices or the best timing when it comes to to women on that show. And it's like you can't look outside of Port Charles. Like we got the internet. You know, there's there's dating apps. Like you can't go on a dating app and have somebody new come to town. Like what's up? There's yeah. only so many people through the town you can hit. I'm just saying, <laughs> you can't be hitting and quitting everybody. I'm just. Saying. <laughs> and we and we had those those multiple days of Bobby Spencer talking about having the diabetes and <laughs> why do you call it diabetes? Diabetes, in case you don't know. That's just wrong. I got the diabetes. Um, but Scotty was all like, "Oh, Bobby, we should be together." And Bob, and Bobby was like, "Ah, oh, we can you know take it slow and see what's happening." But we've never seen anything since. Which and we won't. I'm, I'm, which I'm fine with. I don't really need to we see won't. him. I'd rather see a, a, a Scotty and Ava relationship. I'd like to see where... It, that like does to see... nothing for me. Really? I, no, because I feel like... I feel like they have run out of steam with Ava. Putting Ava in a, another relationship to have it go bad. Like, who needs to see that? I don't want to see that. But, you know, setting the murder... Uh, the homicidal tendencies aside that Ryan has... <laughs> Scotty and Ryan are, are alike in the same way that they they like Ava for who she is. They're not trying to change her. I Ryan know. really wanted to explore that the darker aspects of that. I know, but I'm still just like. But for Ava, she that Scotty is the good version of Ryan in that respect. That is somebody that will accept her flaws and all for who she is, and it's not trying to change her. Well, Ryan wasn't trying to change her either. Yeah, but he's also trying to be like, hey, let's go kill somebody. But he and Carly was trying too. to kill her, so yeah. there's that. <laughs> I'm going to kill your daughter. Scotty's not going to do that. So I don't know why she, she won't give him that time of day. Oh, um, Jazz corrected me. Jazz41173 said, well, Carla, to be fair, Scotty and Laura were together and married first. This is true. They were. But she still was going after Luke. And then Scotty spent many years trying to get Laura back. Like, he was always trying to get Laura back. And finally, he realized that it just was not going to happen. And then at some point, I think they remarried later on, and then they got divorced again. <laughs> that was so disappointing. That was when Jeannie Francis was there for a hot second, and then she left, and then they got divorced off camera. I'm like, that was it? I was like, oh, okay. Uh, that, that was definitely felt like the, the writers changed directions of that storyline. Because we never yeah. got to see that really take off at all. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It's interesting. I wonder, they keep saying that um, that Billy... Miller's going to leave. When is he leaving? Well, his last tape date was uh, August, no, July 26th. So I'm trying to figure out how they're going to infiltrate that, because right now it seems like he's not... I mean, I know he taped it, his exit already, but right now it seems like he's never going to go anywhere, because he's so active into the storyline. You know Very what I'm true. saying? Well, uh, funny you should mention that, because we're trying to figure out that is. I mean, that, I guess that's a good segue to some news and gossip. Alrighty, news and gossip. Hey, hey. Yes. So, uh, of course, uh, he wrapped filming back on July 26th, our good old boy Billy Miller, playing the role of uh, Drew Kane. So I feel, I feel like it's a question of, like, how soon is he going to be off the canvas for real? And mm-hmm. it looks like it's being set up that uh, most likely it's going to be somewhere on the, the last week or so of August. He's going to disappear. But it, it looks like they're going to write it out in a way where it's sudden disappearance. 
What happened to Drew? Who knows? Mm. It's not going to be a death, but it's going to be one of those things where until it's they like, can figure out what they're going to. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I am. I'm all down for a recast because I think there's still something to do with the Drew character. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I feel like taking him off the canvas at this point, like completely off the canvas, would be a huge mistake for the fans, which we are two of them. I think that would be a huge mistake. How the idea of having the twins mm-hmm. when it was first introduced, like, oh my gosh, wait, uh, he's really Drew and this Jason's really Jason, was really exciting. Mm-hmm. I never think I never thought the show has delivered. On the no. punks having them, the no, twins. they did not. So I, they did not. I still they haven't developed the. They haven't developed the relationship. Not really. Like there were, there were glimpses and moments here and there where there would be scenes with them. But for the most part, yeah, no, so. they haven't really developed that relationship. And you know, even with the situation when Oscar died and Oscar was trying to get them together to do so, that, that didn't even happen. Build that treehouse. Yeah, that didn't even happen. And if it did, it, it, like you said, like you've said so many times throughout this conversation, it happened off camera where we didn't get a chance to see it. Like I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. To see, you know, some type of chemistry between, not chemistry, but to see some type of relationship happening or blossoming between those two characters. And I feel like the hardest thing about it is because Sam was involved <laughs> in, in the midst. I mean, she had a baby with the, with Drew, and then mm-hmm. she was still attracted to Jason. Mm-hmm. I felt it made it tougher for them to have any sort of kind of relationship while that was still was being sorted out because it was pretty yeah. frosty between the two of them for a while. Yeah, that's so it true. it didn't really start off and then it never really got a chance to kind of really settle. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I will be see. It will be sad to see Billy Miller, Billy Miller I go. I know. I liked him. I, I had to warm up to him because, you know, as, I, as you know, I had very strong feelings about Steve Burton being Jason. So, you know, but Steve, uh, Steve, uh, Billy Miller kind of grew on me. Speaking of Steve Burton, you know that him and Bradford Anderson, who plays Spinelli, they they had a, they are doing stand up comedy. Did you know that they were at Flappers yesterday here in mm-hmm, Burbank? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been could. touring the country doing it. I was like, I should have gone to see that, but I I couldn't. I was otherwise engaged, but. I was like, I think I might want to see that because they showed a clip of it on the local news, local ABC station here, and it actually looked like it might have been good. I would have probably checked that out, but I figured by the time I heard about it, I was like, no, tickets probably already sold out. Yeah, I heard about it, and I was like, oh, this this could be fun. I should probably check out what this is, but I couldn't go. But yeah, and I meant to mention it last week, and I forgot because I did know about it last week. You should mention it for when they have you on their podcast. Yeah, that's not. They clowned me on their podcast. This is somebody, the to bring you in. Somebody, I forget, somebody in our chat room said that they were listening to that podcast and that they were clowning me hard about talking about Maurice Bernard coming over here. And oh, wait, speaking of Maurice Bernard, so again, he's on Twitter and he's like, so I'm around. What do you guys want to talk about? I'm like, um, when you might grace us with your presence over at the GH Report at AfterBuzz TV. <laughs> Needless to say, I was met with crickets and silence. What? Oh, <laughs> man. I was so sad. I'm like, Maurice Bernard, dude, you are breaking my heart. The one thing, a quick tangent back into my favorite location in Port Charles, and that is the park. We get to see Maurice Bernard in the park this week. And what I liked is I can only imagine Maurice saying, yeah, I'll go to your dumb park location, but you got to give me somewhere that hasn't been seen yet. So they give him the sweet little black stairs to go down. I was like, nicely done, Maurice. So they're asking me in the chat room, 
when I'm going to have another general hospital guest on the GH report. You know, it's summertime, so people on vacation, they're taking breaks and leaves of absences and all that kind of thing. And, you know, you have to remember that whatever we see on television, they've taped that stuff two to three weeks before we even see it. So I don't even, and now we're going into the holidays. So people are starting to, you know, do the holiday thing. So maybe when we get closer to the holidays, I might be able to get somebody. But for the summer and, you know, during the daytime Emmy section in the spring, it was kind of hard to grab people. It's easier in the, in the, the winter holiday months to grab people because, you know, it's colder. People aren't traveling as much. Their kids are in school. It's a whole thing. And I don't think, um, Laura Bell will be coming over here anytime soon because she she jacked up her ankle. Oof. Um, you know who's not taking hiatuses, though? Who? That's us. Because <laughs> we love you folks so much. We're here every Sunday for you. Because we love you. Uh, so, folks, another quick news story before we go here. Could there be trouble with Chase and Willow? Ooh, that's yes. interesting. Potential uh, uh, danger that Chase is going to find himself in uh, may show Willow a different side of Chase than she's seen before, which could potentially kind of start that little kind of crack in there that perhaps Michael goes into if Sasha dies? You know, I could see that. I could totally see that because they've, they've been playing around with there being a little chemistry between Willow and Michael since day one when they were in the therapy group together. So there's always been that kind of lurking in the shadows and then they kind of they kind of threw caution to the wind when they brought Sasha in and hooked her up with Michael and then hooked um chase up with willow but now that could you know all go to hell especially if they find when they find out about that baby yeah i mean the baby reveal is one thing that we're waiting on Mm -hmm. uh i mean right now it's august uh middle august right now what over under by beginning november sweeps that we are in the next phase of the baby storyline i would say over so we're past november before we find out we really kick it into gear with the baby story. No, I think it'll be. I think it'll be. What is this? This is August. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be done by then. Don't you think it would be done by then? I would. And maybe on to something else. <laughs> no. I'm, 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 oof, we're not. Still got that flash drive. Still got that flash drive, everybody. Mm, somebody said Chase gets found holding the gun, stooped over Shiloh's dead body. Well, there you go. That'll do it for you, won't it? <laughs> I need for you to be a little bit more excited about this, Frank. <laughs> you know, I mean, the one thing I'm excited about is a potential murder mystery, which we've talked about before. Yeah, we have. Big, I mean, we get to see Cameron chase Shiloh this week, which I like him. Oh, make you pay! Oh, <laughs> Cameron is so extra, but I love that kid. <laughs> oh, man. I love him. He's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if, if that's the case, if we're kicking off a nice murder mystery about who killed Shiloh. I'm all down Hercules, for it. Hercules, 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 yes. I'm still putting out my bet as as Harmony. That's going to be my goal. Harmony, really? So she got a way to, to get out of jail, and she killed him, and then she snuck back in. I feel it's like what uh, they did on uh, Who Killed Will Cortland on All My Children. Oh, you so, went way back. Yeah, what? there you go. You pulled out a Will Cortland. What? There you go. What? You know, back in the day when I was on All My Children, I had a scene with Adam Chandler. Oh, David Canary's the man. I did. Oh, he's man. dead and gone now. But I did have a scene with him. There, he—you uh, could not just take your eyes off him in a scene. He is just phenomenal. He was awesome. Yes, uh, folks, we could talk more about David Canary. We should at some <laughs> point because he's that awesome. Uh, what, what you know, in this day and age now, where we get to see, we got to see some characters from All My Children as well as One Life to Live. There's a on lot of GH. One Life to Live on GH. Uh, it would have been, you know, if only 
those kind of things could happen back when David Kinnear was still alive. To have him just cross over just for a couple episodes into Port Charles would I need be awesome. for Susan Lucci to make a pop-in appearance. I need for her to just show up. To get a butt has with Edward Quartermain? I would have loved to have seen an Adam Chandler, <laughs> Edward Quartermain kind of That would have been awesome. Session. But I still need for Susan Lucci to pop up. Because that I would know. just be... I need for Susan Lucci and, and Maurice Bernard to have a little scene. Oh. And have like some throwback line to when he was in Port Charles. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need to have happen. Just uh, for me. Just for you. Just for Carl. <laughs> well, she is an award winner right now. She gets to call her shots. You, uh, they're, they, they're actually making a good point in the chat room. Dulamon said, Will Cortland was played by the same person who's playing Valentine right now. James Patrick Stewart, man. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Well, then there's that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. But as always, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and thank you everybody for hopping in the chat. You make this show so entertaining to do every single yes. Sunday. Now, if you want to stay in touch with either of us after the show's over, I'm hard to find, but <laughs> the award-winning Carla Renata is not. Hi, guys. You can find me every Sunday over at Black Hollywood Live at 5 p.m. Pacific Time doing the Curvy Critic with Carla Renata, where I talk about all things movies. Ooh, ooh, and I actually have an interview with Jillian Bell from a new film called Britney Runs a Marathon, and I did one with Sterling K. Brown today, so check it out. Uh, just to show you in the kind of social circles that Carla is now <laughs> running in, because she's an award winner. Carla, <laughs> who did you give an award to today? Oh, right. So, AFCA, my, my film critics organization, AFCA, had their first inaugural TV Honors Awards, and I presented the award to Angela Bassett. Oh, nobody. I there thought you. it was awesome. I was very excited. I was very nervous. It was fun. There you go. Look at Carla. It's like, <laughs> get out of here. It's get happening. out of here. Folks, follow me on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Happy Go Jackie. Or don't. You know, nobody else. It's, it's pretty lame. Uh, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of The Change Report. We'll be back here next Sunday with an all new episode right here on AfterBuzz TV. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 